What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome aboard on this Friday, Football Friday, here on the National Football Show with your boy Big Sills. Dan Cilio, I mean, that was a pretty good football game last night. No, not Canes in Virginia. But Jaguars and Bengals um, kind of told us a little bit about the future of the NFL. How about all these young quarterbacks now that are all over the league now? I think it's a great story. We'll hit on all that. And it's going to be a power pack show today. We appreciate everybody that comes aboard like you do each and every single day. Anybody who jumps in with us and Vic Sills writes down a whole bunch of stuff here. You know, we do it every day. We kind of have a bunch of content. You guys slip it in as well. And we go back and forth in ping pong football here, college and pro. We'll have Anthony Beck, part of the broadcast team for the Buccaneers. That's been the storyline all week long in the NFL has been Brady going back to Gillette. I mean, I think it's going to be one of the most anticipated games we have seen in a long time. Do you know what the asking price is for tickets? The average price at Gillette is $1,100. It's $1,100, man. So at the end of the day here, we're talking about a scenario where you may not be able to even get into building to see Tom Brady because this is his probably last time that knowing Brady, though, this is probably his last time that he'll get an opportunity to go back to Gillette and perform in front of his old faithful New England Patriot fans. So Anthony Beck will join us. It's been a crazy year a little bit for the Buccaneers. All right. I want to start something out here first, and I want to say this to you guys. So let's do this here. Okay. Last night, and I want everyone to know, how you doing, Muhammad? Appreciate you coming aboard. I want everyone to know, you know, I, I have a rant that's out there on the internet. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. And I did this rant in 2012. It was about my University of Miami football team. And really, nothing has changed since the rant. And let me go on a small one here. Funny, Xander just asked me, what the hell is wrong with your football program, the University of Miami? Do you see those guys on the sidelines taking selfies? Anytime somebody did anything decent, they had rings on, they were taking selfies on the sideline, turnover chains. That stuff is great when you're winning. That stuff is great when you're winning. When you're sitting there and you're getting your face kicked in like that, I have a problem with the program and its leadership. The president of the university came out with a big blanket statement prior to the game last night, 
saying how they're committed to winning on the football level to make sure that that program is an elite program. That's not an elite program. The University of Miami is not an elite program. The University of Miami lives off its past. You're welcome. Okay? They live off their past. That is not hurricane football when I'm watching. Celebrating when you're getting your ass kicked. I posted a video of myself and Jerome Brown. When we beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma was number one. We were number two at the Orange Bowl. And it was at the very end of the game. Funny, my wife said something to me that was, I didn't even realize it. That was a camera from CBS. They came over and videoed us because we were all sitting together and we were cheering each other's efforts against Oklahoma, how we had knocked off the defending national champion. The year previous, they had won the national title. They came into our barn and we beat the hell out of them. And we were celebrating that we had pounded them by, I think it was 18 points or something. It was a great moment. But get this, it wasn't manufactured. Who's taking those pictures on the sidelines? Another player? You have cell phones on the sidelines? Are you not vested completely in the game and the task at hand? What in the hell is going on at that program? How in the hell are you taking selfies when you're one and two? Or one and three, whatever the hell you are now. Two and three, I don't even know. The record's so shitty now, I have no idea. Getting beat by people who are librarians. The University of Miami last night got beat by librarians. Jesus, criminy. People at Virginia go to school to be librarians and chemists. They don't go there to play pro football. What a joke that was. It's just disgusting. Completely disgusting. I don't recognize the program anymore. It's just terrible. It really is. I'm not sure what else to say. Xander asked me prior to going in the air. I don't know. Manny Diaz being fired? Why would it matter? You bring another stiff in, and he'd be 16 and 13 too. Does it matter? One 10-win season since 2004. It's 17 years. It's over. That program, getting back to – people keep saying, Sills, do you think Miami could ever get back to being what it was when you played there? No, I don't. No, I don't. Charlottesville. Really? Is that where the University of Virginia is? Congratulations to you guys. Holy crap. Unbelievable. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest because it was a disgusting performance last night. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You know, I, I, on, my, on my Twitter page, at Dan Cilio Show, I have Buccaneer stuff instead of Hurricane stuff up. Buccaneer stuff. And I sucked with the Bucs. And I was an All-American at Miami, and right now I'm a little embarrassed. By the way, Hungry Python, appreciate you coming aboard. Hurricane Selfie. Did you do that to me, man? <laughs> Who's winning? Where's John Gannon's blitz package? Hey, man, he'll need it this weekend, baby. He's going to school against Andy Reid. Right? He's going to school. Who's winning? The U is everything when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. It was, man. 
I, w- I told Xander I lost one game in college at home in the regular season at Miami. One game. <laughs> and my two years starting there, okay, my two years playing there, we were 22-1. and one. Started a 58 consecutive game home win streak. No one's even close to it. Disgusting. Anyway, let me, let, me, let, me, let me get on with the news of the weekend because it's going to be pretty cool, man. I mean, this is week four of the National Football League, and we're going to know so much about the NFL. There's some great college games on Saturday. We'll hit on that. Hey, by the way, I don't know if you guys have checked out the Shady McCoy video that my brothers at Jacob Media did. Hey, do me a favor. Go over there and take a look at it. It is really a great honor. And let me just put it to you this way. As a guy that gives you national football news, knowing that our company is based in Philly, I got to tell you this, man. That tells me a lot when Xander and Big Joe and John McMullen and Jody and everybody have so much respect for Shady McCoy. That's a player that resonated in the community, isn't it? Unlike that turd Ben Simmons, this is a guy that resonates in the community, isn't it? It's pretty cool. When you got a guy, hey, he hates Chip Kelly still? Good. That creates the drama around his time here in Philly and how he was shipped out of town because Chip thought he wasn't ready and good enough to play in his system or didn't like Chip's system. You know what, you, you know what Shady probably said? Hey, dude, that crap works in college. It ain't going to work here in the National Football League. And you know what? Shady turned out to be the prophet. He was dead on with it, man. He was telling everybody without a doubt it would never work, and it didn't work. You can't run 85 plays like that. I think you're going to keep your defense upright. So I saw that one-day contract yesterday. I saw the owner come down, sign it. The owner actually has great affection for the guy, and I think that's spectacular that the organization and the community revere Shady McCoy like that. He'll go down as an Eagles legend, man. Every time that guy rolls into Philly, people will want to talk to that guy. And that's something that you, you aspire as an athlete. You always want to be in that conversation. Hey, what did the community and the fan base think of you? I got great respect for that. And I really love the fact that what we did with that video, you should go over to the Jacob Media website and check out that wonderful uh, video because – I absolutely love it there, and I thought it was great. All right, we're going to talk all about these significant games this weekend, as I said. Kansas City and the Eagles, we'll start there. What happens in this game on Sunday? It is a football Friday. Here's, here's, my, here's my take on what has to happen for the Eagles, let's just say this, to win this ball game. We all know what we've been talking about since that ass beating on Monday night. It's a short work week to boot here for the Eagles, okay? They're banged up off that football game on a Monday, and they're rolling into this game banged up, and the Cowboys are rolling in, or the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are rolling into this game, coming off a loss against the Chargers. Okay, so you've got two teams right now, one that is hungry for a win, and the other one that is still trying to figure out their identity. Do we not agree to that? And the coach has to help the Eagle guys figure out that identity. They've got to be able to figure out that identity over the next couple months here. Or get this, this whole experiment with Jalen Hurts was for not. And I, you know, you, you know what's funny? Krause said something to me, Krause Jr. I asked him about, you know, because I'm new kind of talking about the Eagles. You know, I asked him about the fan base. You think the fan base right now 
is in a state of one of the emotions. I mean, because there were so many expectations with the football team at the beginning of the year that everybody now is a little bit let down, aren't you? And I know even the guys who are the steadfast backers for Jalen Hurts for wanting to have Nick Sirianni be a better coach than Doug Peterson, it's been a letdown for you a little bit. And now that's starting to settle in. So all that stuff about whether or not Jalen Hurts is the guy, you know what I'm going to tell you? Let's talk about that on Monday. Because right now, I get what you're going through. And I think Krause Jr. is right. This is the emotion of going like this. Jesus Christ, is this really going to be this type of season? Are we going to be one and six after all this? And yet, you know what Krause Jr. still said to me? Hey, the way the schedule finishes up, if Dallas doesn't run away with the NFC East, there still could be an opportunity. Do I believe that? Absolutely not. And I know that he doesn't. But you know what? There's still part of the fan base that says they're going to keep this much optimism for the remainder of the football season, okay? And and Birdman, there's still something out there. This is all going to be on the heels of whether or not Dallas runs away with the division. As the Birds are trying to figure out their identity, if the Cowboys run away with this division, and they're sitting at the halfway mark, and they're seven and one. Dude, they're, 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 the idea that you're going to come out of and be a wild card team is absolutely going to be a non-factor. You're not going to be a wild card. So the experiment would be just to run the tape and run through the tape with Jalen. So there's a lot to think about over these next couple of weeks. And like I said, we're not going to sit here and pound, is Sirianni the guy? Is Jalen the guy? Because quite frankly, we're not going to really know until what Dallas does. Dallas is going to really be the linchpin in this whole conversation for the Eagles this year on whether or not they're going to continue to try to go out and try to win this division or they're going to start in that process of doing this, rebuilding. Instead of retooling, rebuilding. Birdman says if KC blows the brakes off us, it's going to be a long year. My friend, I think it's going to be that way. And I'm going to tell you, here's what the Eagles have to do and what KC, I think, is going to do, okay? Look, we all know this, man. They can't run the ball against Kansas City, who's struggling on defense. And you can't get turnovers. That's what Kansas City is struggling with right now, is turnovers and can't play defense right now. This should go right into the strength of what uh, the Eagles have. A strong offensive line. I don't believe you guys have an A back. I think you have a B-minus running attack, if that. I mean, I don't even know if you have a B-minus running attack. I can't tell. You only ran the ball three times with your backs last week. I can't tell. So if you don't establish the run, which I don't think you're going to be able to because there's not a commitment to, even though Sirianni – did I see him wear another T-shirt today? Is Sirianni wearing a Shady McCoy T-shirt? Dude, please. I mean, really, let's grow up here. Okay? Let's, Let's pretend we're an adult here. Okay, I know you're a millennial coach and you're young and everyone, you know, likes the young ideas and coach. Let's get away from this gimmicky high school stuff here. Was he wearing another shirt out there? I don't care. It was honoring Shady McCoy. Come on, dude. People are starting to look at you like a human joke billboard. I don't want to hear any messages or see any messages from my head coach. I just want you to give me. A game plan that's going to put my freaking team in a position to win. Giving me T-shirts? So every week now we're going to be worrying about, or not worrying, but covering what Sirianni wears? Guy, give me a break. You imagine the great coaches coming out and doing that. You see Andy Reid going, hey, beat Philly. 
Come on, dog. Let's act like a professional and adult here. Man, I mean, I don't want to see that stuff. You have, you know, this. I just got through kicking the crap out of my canes for that stupid shit they're doing on the sidelines. The stuff with the T-shirts, too, do it when you're 12 and 4. That's when you do that stuff. Okay? That's when you do that, and you do it once, and it's an off-on once. This stuff with this, like, hey, woe is me, and you're upset if you're Aaron Rodgers, or, hey, look at me over here. I'm wearing a T-shirt, beat Dallas. Hey, guys, what happened to just going to work and putting your, 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 your efforts into a championship team? Do you know everything starts from there? Okay? Effort. Hard work. This stuff that everybody, like, like the, you know, I, I thought in the past, and I think this always in the past, you know, when it comes to being a cowboy or a hurricane, I think these guys just like being cowboys and hurricanes. They don't want to put the work in. Look at the effort over the last 25 years and over the last 18 years. Starts with work, and then you can start doing all that other stuff. Joey, appreciate it. Go to work, dude. Stop wearing these dumbass T-shirts. Okay? You got Kansas City rolling in. And they're hungry for you. And your secondary sucks. And you got Patrick Mahomes facing you on Sunday. T-shirts? Dude. Like, like, like I said, I love Shady, too. I sent him a text. Great dude. Baller. All of it. <laughs> Grow up, son. You're in the NFL now. You're not coaching Fork Union University. What do you think? You're at the Citadel? Come on, dog. This is pro football here. These are men you're coaching. After a while, they start seeing that. They do this. Come on, man. Enough of that. Show me you're a grown-up here. Grown-ups play pro football. Always remember that. Children get shushed out of the league. And you got an adult playing quarterback this weekend. Best quarterback you'll face all year. Okay? Including Brady. Jimmy Johnson said if he had to start his football team with one talent. Now, Brady's the best executioner of the quarterback position in pro football history. There's no getting around that. No getting around it. But athletically and athleticism, there's no better athlete I've ever seen, along with Coach Jimmy Johnson, than Patrick Mahomes. That dude's going to roll into the link on Sunday, and he's going to be playing against a very poor secondary. Man, if you don't make that football team a one-dimensional football team, and you don't take that runaway, and you don't bring blitzes, like some of you guys said on here, Gannon's got to blitz him. Get him off his mark. That is your only way to beat Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. you got to move him around. Hey, and for the record, I think it's 31-10 KC. I don't think you have the offense to be able to put up against that football team. Paul says, hey, Dan, the only shot the Eagles have versus the Chiefs is to win the turnover battle. That's a great one, too. Plus two. Stop the penalties, Paul. It's right on. Got to stop the penalties, man. That usually shows. Hey, what, what do high penalties and turnovers show you? Either a new group 
of athletes or you got young dudes in the room. So they're, what I think Kansas City's going to do, I think they're going to run up and down the field on you. And I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to need a gas mask. And I think he's going to need an oxygen mask because of how many times he's going to get the ball. That is what I, I mean. Like I said, I think it's 31-10. I don't think the game's close. You have not shown me anything that makes me think different than that. All of a sudden, Jalen Hurts is going to have an epiphany, and we're going to watch Dak Prescott, or we're going to watch Russell Wilson. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Also, the other storyline this weekend will be the Buccaneers versus the Patriots. And $1,100 for these tickets at Gillette. That's the average ticket price to see Brady versus Belichick. This is probably going to be the highest-rated football game in the last 15, 20 years. This is going to get gargantuan numbers. By the way, the NFL and their TV ratings are through the roof. They're just through the roof. And I, I, I can't remember another regular season game with this much storyline around it then Brady going back to New England. Hey, you know, you know what, too? And it's been, it's been Belichick hater week. I don't know why. So, like, when, when you guys break up with a woman or a woman breaks up with you or you break up with a boss or your boss wants to fire you, do you do it on the phone? Do you do it in person? Does it matter? Why should it matter to anybody in this Seth Wickersham book how they divorced. What are you reading into that? That Bill didn't want to talk to Tom in person? That something like that had to be done in person? Hoss, when I'm breaking up with you, I don't care how you like it. When I, when, when, when I want to go in a different direction, I'm going to do it my way, not your way. And if I feel I want to call you on the phone and go, hey, listen, man, how many times have you been fired on the phone, guys? How many times have you been fired by like a um, an HR person or like an assistant or something? I know I have. Okay, I've, I've been fired by phone numerous times. Numerous four out of thirty years. Thank you. So I mean, yeah, no, I'm you know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't care. These guys performed such great things. Do I think the Bucks go up to New England and beat the doorknobs off them? I so do. Is it revenge for Brady? Why would Brady want revenge? What's the revenge factor? Going back and beating your mentor? So what? What, 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 does, what accolade is that? Well, I, I told you I was the one that really mattered the most. And I'll relate. Dude. 20 years from now, people are going to call you two guys the greatest combo coach quarterback in pro football history the same way they talk about Bill Walsh and Joe Montana or they talk about Chuck Knoll and Terry Bradshaw or Jimmy and Aikman. They're going to talk about you in the same breath or Lombardi and Starr. Nobody's going to talk about how, you know, he was grumpy and miserable. So what? Most people that are successful – are grumpy and miserable. Most are. 
okay? Most people are that have that high level of success. So it's that's not some gigantic take or epiphany. Well, you know, you know, Bill's a miserable guy. Well, yeah, Bill Belichick has eight Super Bowl rings, two as a coordinator in New York with the Giants, six as a head coach. He's the greatest defensive-minded guy in the history of the league. He not only coached the greatest offensive player in the history of the NFL, but he's also coached the greatest defensive player in the history of the NFL and Lawrence Taylor. What coach in pro football history has that distinction? Oh, I coached a GOAT at quarterback, and I coached a GOAT on defense. No one. No one's close to that. Well, I coached this. Yeah, but you didn't coach LT. Well, well, I coached Peyton Manning. Yeah, but you didn't coach Brady. I, I, I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to watch this thing. Okay? I, I, I really can't. I think this is going to be phenomenal. There's so many storylines. Now, listen. Here, here, here's the one thing. Any chance for the Eagles to beat the, the Chiefs on Sunday? Love to hear your thoughts, too, on Buccaneers and Patriots on Sunday. We're also going to talk to our friend Anthony Beck, who's part of the broadcast team and former 14-year NFL veteran. We'll get his take. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. 
Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show, Dan Cilio. Anthony Beck to join us from the Buccaneer broadcast team. Guess I'm in a bad mood today. And probably the reason I'm in a bad mood today is because I watched what was Rome at one time of college football just turn into a pile of sand. It's just not what it once was. The University of Miami is just now a laughingstock. You know how much I love the place. It's a laughingstock. I got Dave Campo on my Facebook right now. You know what he's saying? What a disgrace to the legacy that all of us built, coaches and players. It's, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace that you couldn't keep that up. You know, Alabama was down. You know, under Mike Shula, they were terrible. They were getting beat by Louisiana Monroe when Saban took the job. Do you know in Nick's first year, he'd lost to Louisiana Monroe? Think of that. Louisiana Monroe. Saban's got an L next to his name. For Louisiana Monroe. I guess it's in Louisiana. And now this guy's got all these national championships. Don't tell me it can't be done. You got to be willing to do it. You can't talk about it. Success people talk about all the time. You know those uh, motivational speaker dudes? Motivation is self. It, it, it's self-developed. Sitting around listening to a guy try to inspire somebody is the biggest crock of shit going. When you're a success, that's inside you. Now, could somebody point out how you can best utilize your assets, your passion, your strength, your desire, your drive, your willingness to do whatever it takes? Yes. But I don't need some guy talking to me about pregame speeches on going out and kicking someone's ass. I'm going to go hire that guy, and I'm going to go recruit that guy. I'm bringing that guy in. I don't care where he is, too. And see, but that's where you get with today's society. Well, this guy's got a little dent in the fender. I don't care. Can he win a ball game? Did he rape anybody? Did he kill anybody? Did he kill animals? Was he good to the elderly? That's all I care about. Other than that, I don't care if you robbed the bank with, with a water pistol. I'm going to put you on my football team to go win. Give everybody opportunities. I'm an equal opportunity employer. I just don't go look for the kids in the suburbs. Well, he's got a great family. He's got a great, great point average, and he's very good. No, I want to start. He's very good, and then we'll work from there. What's his attitude like? Well, he's from a family of 17. He's got nowhere to go. Well, that's the guy I want. All right, we'll switch gears. I can't talk any longer about my pathetic hurricanes because I'll throw up all over myself right now if I had to do that. Let's bring in my boy Anthony Beck, part of the broadcast team, 12-year NFL veteran of the Buccaneer, a 12-year veteran NFL, 
and part of that broadcast team for the Buccaneers. Anthony, man, this is going to be quite a weekend up there in Foxborough, man. I, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen up there. What are your expectations for Buccaneers and Patriots, Brady and Belichick this weekend? I mean, I, I think the storylines are nice. Uh, you know, the, those things are enchanting to the fan base and, you know, the things that will happen pregame. And then, uh, you know, when they stop the game, when Brady gets his 71 yards to break the all-time passing yards record. But as far as on the field is concerned, Dan, I don't know if this one's going to be too close. You know, you can only scheme up so much, uh, you know, for, for a team. But when you're li- lacking bodies, I think, I think Belichick's been kind of, you know, reading between the lines the way he's kind of speaking. He's like, listen, you know, Brady went to the better team. They had more, and that's why he left. And, uh, you know, look, they're, they're going to try. They're going to fight. I mean, they have some good players on defense. The one thing is just is Brady just controlling his emotions. This will be the first time in his career he'll have to deal with, with something like this. You know, he's been in Super Bowls and championships and, and divisional rivalry games, but these things are going to be the emotional roller coasters of the game. He's going to be feeling great before. He's going to be high five in the ball guys and the and the and the, and the guys that run the stadium and all his friends. And then once he gets on the field, he's going to hate them. He he's going to want to throw you know seventeen touchdowns against them on the field. So you know I want to see how he handles all that. It'd be the first time we really see him in that kind of temperament uh, in in his career. Anthony, how do you think the Bucks have played so far this year? I mean, they get out, they beat the Cowboys and that very emotional opener at Raymond James and. They just end up dropping this game. Maybe they were overlooking the Rams. I don't know, you know, if that ever really plugs into a Tom Brady mentality because Tom really doesn't overlook anything. But I don't know. It just seems like a lot of energy has been built up for this Patriots game. Maybe they skipped it a little bit here with the Rams, but your sense of how the Bucs have played so far in the early part of the season. Yeah, you know, I'd say on paper the Rams was a much bigger opponent and, you know, confrontation for them than this game will be. Uh, You know, I I just think that, listen, they're going to get the best shot from everybody. I mean, you saw Sean McVay on the sidelines. He did not game plan for this game in seven days. He's been working on this thing for about three, four months, you know, trying to get himself ready. And they're going to have to beat the Buccaneers twice. And that that was his plan. I promise you, though, when you're talking about what they're bringing to the table – you know, they're going to be fine. I mean, you know, they get a little healthy in the secondary. They get some bodies back. They sign Richard Sherman as an experienced play, a guy that understands the system, guy that can hold the fort down and, and help some of the younger players. But this team's going to be right where they want to be at the end of the year, outside of any other injuries that potentially may happen. You know, I, I just think they're, they're too much. I mean, you know, you think about this, man. You know, Brady, what he has to do at the quarterback position, everything happens in a five-by-five five square. He's not allowed to leave the pocket. Well, not allowed. He, he can't. He's just not mobile enough. He's got to win every single play in the pocket. Nobody does that in the league. Mahomes doesn't do it. Jackson doesn't do it. Uh, Rodgers doesn't do it. So it's just amazing to me. Everybody talks about the age thing. It's really that, the, the component that he has to have protection, that he has to make quick reads. And I didn't think their game plan was great versus the Rams. Rams brought a lot of different blitzes. They got kind of um, – you know, sporadically, you know, they sprinkled everything around the field like Bowles normally does, and they didn't really have an answer. Where if you watch the Rams, they had a receiver, you know, widen out. Uh, the return, they threw where the blitzer came. They knew what was coming. I promise you moving down, that, that'll be a different story. But, you know, I, I think, you know, the Buccaneers, they're not trying to win the championship in week two, week three, week four. It's, it's a growth process. It's getting better, improving, and I expect to see a really good product. Brady losing two in a row or coming off a loss, that's a scary proposition for any opponent. 
Absolutely. And I would even say this last year, if people just go back last year, right, Anthony? I mean, they were seven and five at one point, and then they figured it out. They went on a roll here. And that's kind of like you said, it's not about winning rounds. As George Foreman used to tell me, it's about winning the fight here. And that's what the Buccaneers are in line to do here. But defensively here, I mean, is it is it the lack of pass rush or the lack of DBs? And that's why they signed Sherman. Is it a combination? Or is it just like the perfect world right now? Is just kind of caught up with the Buccaneers just for a little bit here until they figure it out on that side of the football? Yeah, you'd like to see guys win some one-on-one matchups, even when it's more four four guys rushing. You know, Vita Vea, Sue, uh, you know, JPP didn't play last week. You know, if you look at the game plan that the Cowboys had, a lot of quick passing game. Get the ball out of Dak's hands. You know, get Ezekiel Elliott involved in pass protection. You know, knock out the linebacker when they come free. I mean, eventually teams are going to have to get the blueprint and figure out how they're going to defend against all the blitz packages that Todd Bowles wants to bring. And once they do pick it up, you know, then, you know, if you don't get there, that's when the chances come. The DBs are good. They're not they're only good for an extended period of time, though, when you're talking about uh, covering up because they do want to be a man team and they don't want to do it too long. So, you know, listen, you keep going, you keep chopping wood. Eventually it's going to get through. Eventually a team's going to slip. Eventually a receiver's not going to be open. And you're going to see the sacks. I think last year, the same situation, at least early on, we didn't see a lot of sacks. And all of a sudden, four or five games in a row, they were getting two, three, four sacks in a, in a game. So they get a couple guys back healthy, JPP healthy. And then they have that rotation with um, uh, Ty, uh, Tyron coming off uh, the uh, Tryon, excuse me, coming off the bench, mixing in in that pass rush. I think everything's going to be fine. But, you know, get a little more healthier in some of those back end positions to get that complete complete unit together on the field. couple last questions for you, Anthony. Let me go back here to the Belichick and Brady dynamic here. You know, I, I don't know what the obsession is with the Boston media or really media in general on what the relationship was like. I mean, I saw Tom's comments yesterday, nothing but great respect for Bill, how we parted ways. It was perfect for all three of us, Bob Kraft, Bill Belichick, and myself. It was meant to be. It was going to be that way. And yet it just seems to me that it's just not good enough for people. Like, why did you run uh, Brady out of town? You know, and Anthony, I I said this yesterday to people. I'm like, there wasn't like there was this gigantic market for Tom Brady. When he went out into the open market, there were two teams that legitimately offered him a contract, and they were only the Chargers and the Buccaneers. So to sit there and think that people were going – I mean, I, I saw what he was going to do. I knew what he was and act like Bill Polian and pretend you had a first round grade on him when you know you didn't have a first round grade. Nobody saw this here. So you're, you're overall just you watching what's going on. It's like haterade Bill Belichick week. And I, I, I say this to you, man, if a bad relationship is nine AFC championship rings and six Super Bowls, <laughs> would you take that bad relationship, Anthony? Yeah, yeah, no question. I, I listen the the ups and downs you have with two ultra competitive players, coaches is just unbelievable. Two guys that want to be perfect on all aspects and expect perfection from their players. Um, you know, when Brady came into the league, Belichick was the perfect coach to get someone to groom someone under his tutelage to become what Brady was, to buy in to what he was selling. You know, when I was with Parcells my first year, it was a, I learned so much in that first year that carried on to the other 11 seasons after that because I knew the expectation level and what was needed. Now, everybody talks about this whole, like, who needed who or this or that. Brady needed, and all the other players that came through that organization needed Belichick, 
needed to set the foundation. You also had to buy into that foundation and what it took. Those 20 years together, the domination, the ability to, you know, game plan with each other offensively, defensively, and go out there and have the confidence and go through the situational stuff and always be prepared. You know, Tom needed needed Belichick in, the, in those things for that growth. But on the other end now, once you got to that six, seven, eight plus years, man, without Brady and what he brought to the table, there is no Patriots. There is no dynasty. The quarterbacks need it. You look across the league right now. If you don't have a quarterback that can go out there and win your games, consistent basis at a high level, you got no chance. And there's only a couple of them we can count on one hand that can do it every single week and carry their teams through potentially to the championship game. So, you know, for me, I just think it came from a point where Brady was like, okay, are you going to put the money in? Are you going to get the guys we need for me to continue the dynasty and keep going? If not, you know what, man? I don't need to put myself through all this grind because I already know what it takes. Everybody's like, get mad. Well, you know, I'll give him a pat on the back. He doesn't want a pat on the back. You know, a good coach once told me, he's like, I'm going to treat you fairly, but not equally. That mantra didn't that mantra didn't exist with, with Belichick. And, and that's unfortunate because guys like Gronk, he needed a damn year off to get out of football just to, you know, kind of recharge his batteries. But you're right. The Buccaneers were honestly the only doable team that made sense for him from an offensive line standpoint, from a receiver and weapon standpoint that, you know what, if I left New England and I didn't have that perfection that was being taught throughout every position, I could make it happen with myself in Tampa Bay with the guys they had. And he changed the culture, man. He changed the coach's culture. He changed the player's culture. And all those guys bought into one guy. And he brought all that he had learned under Belichick. And that's how he was able to deliver that message. But he relaxed. He had fun. He enjoyed it. There wasn't the stresses of just the grind. He knows how to get through the season. He knows what to do. Same with Gronk. These guys can have a little fun and still be dialed in the way they were those 20 years in New England. But unfortunately, that's just not the way it rolls in New England. And they just got to cut the cord. Finally here, I think you just nailed it. The difference between Parcells and the difference between Belichick. I mean, you could speak to it here, but I think you just did it. Bill was more of a, and I'm talking Parcells, was more of a player's coach. And he fell in love with his guys and he was loyal to his guys. Whereas Belichick is as cold as the Lombardi trophy. It's steely and it's cold. And he has, he likes his players. He doesn't love his players like Bill Parcells loves his players. But Parcells truly loves his guys. I don't think Bill ever really loved Tom. And I don't think he loved really anybody that's ever played for him. And that's been the difference in the two, probably. Do you think that's there's something to that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure for every day, uh, you know, he probably says, man, we wish we still had them. I mean, you know, they went out and did something unorthodox and spent a ton of money to get players, and they don't have a quarterback. They have a young quarterback. They're starting from scratch. That's got to kill Belichick. It would kill me if I was in his shoes. I mean, this yeah. guy's, you know, this guy's been a winner forever, you know, and he needs that component. And they absolutely could have made a, a couple more runs with Brady if he was still uh, their quarterback. And I'm sure he he's behind the scenes. There's no question in my mind that I believe that, you know, he thinks it's a silly decision that what they made moving forward. And, and you know, he's, he's made a couple ones over the years, not many, but this is probably the worst because now he's got to live through the ups and downs of, you know, young players and, and working through. To me, it's like, why would you even want to deal with that, right? Like, just ride the wave and just roll out, man. When Brady was done, you're done. And that's it, man. You're like, that was your best shot, regardless. I mean, they were, they were in the Super Bowl about two, two years ago, basically, at the Patriots. I mean, what did they have? They had players that buyed into the system. They had players that were, you know, specialized in situational stuff that understand how to win games in the fourth quarter. 
and they were still able to do it. To me, it was a catastrophic mistake by the organization and by Belichick. And, you know, that'll be something he'll have to live with. But there's no question in my mind, he, he, he definitely feels as if he made a mistake on that one. Absolutely. Uh, Chandler Jones and probably Brady, his worst two mistakes as head coach of the Patriots. Anthony, should be a great weekend. Have a great call. Thank you, my friend. You got it, Dan. Take care, bud. You got it. That is my friend Anthony Beck. We'll take a time out. You keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silio. I want to thank my friend Anthony Beck for coming aboard. We'll get to your thoughts here in a second. Paul says, what would have happened if Belichick drafted Karmazi? The kid was drafted in the San Francisco 49er organization instead of Brady. (laughs) Correct. Well, here, Nick Saban chose Dante Culpepper in his bad wheel, right, over Drew Brees. You know, I mean, there's no question. I mean, Rex Ryan never had a quarterback. Who, Mark Sanchez with the Jets? And look, look at Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni, hey, you think Matt LaFleur is not benefiting from having Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback? The same way Mike McCarthy didn't benefit? Or how about, like, George Seifert 
when he had Steve Young in Montana. I mean, really? You don't think you benefit from that? Every one of these great quarterbacks can make a crappy coach look like he's Vince Lombardi. All right? But if you have a culture in the building, this is what made Shula such a great coach, okay? You got to remember something about Don, how he evolved. Don, when he first came into the NFL, he didn't throw the ball around. Even though his quarterback went to the Hall of Fame, Bob Greasy, what did they throw the ball back in the 70s? 12 times, 13 times? They ran the ball with Zonka Kick and Warfield. Mercury Morris was part of that dynamic. Then what happened? That went away. All of a sudden, Dan Marino lands in his lap. What does he do? He completely changes his entire mentality to the strength of his roster, and he brings in Clayton and Duper. Turns into one of the greatest air assaults of all time in pro football history. Took a little bit of what Don Coriel did. Did all those guys, like Ernie Zampezi dudes, and they were throwing and chucking the ball down the field. But that sounds like a coach who understands talent in the building and knows how to evolve. Some of these guys have a game plan, and then after a while, it's jamming a square peg into a round hole. You're only as good as the personnel you have on your roster. You know, it's funny. People go, well, we're going to run. My, 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 my wife is a rugby coach, and I see these, these rugby coaches. You know what they have? They have these game plans that they have in these lineups that they have, and they're set in their ways. We're running this. Does your personnel fit to that? Do you have the people that can execute that, or is this just something you feel comfortable doing? Most coaches, it's not just rugby coaches. It's all coaches. They run what they're comfortable running and what they feel like running, not what your personnel has on your roster. I would never go into a season and go like this. Well, we're going to run this offense and this defense. If I was a college football coach, I'd want to go through spring football and find out what I had, and then we would formulate it. I wouldn't deviate off the forefront because I think forefront defensive uh, football teams control games. I don't like a 34. There's too much turnover because you have to have four dynamic linebackers, and linebackers cost way more money when it comes to your salary cap than defensive linemen do. You have to take that into consideration when you're an NFL guy. So that's what makes Bill real great here. Bill's trying to evolve with a rookie quarterback. He's trying to do something that he's never really done. Brady's doing everything that he's done. You don't think Tom Brady's got the advantage this weekend? Tom Brady has a massive advantage. How many days do you think he sat with Bill Belichick, the greatest defensive-minded guy, and picked his brain, knowing one day he may have to go against Belichick and knowing the way that Bill thinks? with certain situations when it came to situational football, third and eight, hash mark, third and nine, second and short. This is going to be quite the little chess game. What's Bill going to do? How is he going to defend him? Tom said yesterday in his press conference, you know, he, he's going to try to confuse us as much as he possibly can because that's a Belichick trademark. But there's always keys in his defense. He's not going to give his hand away. 
But Tom knows how to read that because Bill's been schooling him. Don't think for a second. So wait a minute. Let me ask you something here. You have the greatest mind defensively in the history of the NFL talking with the greatest offensive mind in the history of quarterbacks in the NFL. You don't think that those two guys for 20 years did a chess game with each other every single game. My God Almighty, they could have sold tickets to that thing on how you play football and how you put game plans together. I would have sat in the stands. I wish I was a fly. Hey, there's a T-shirt for Nick Sirianni. I wish I was a fly. <laughs> Imagine what you would have learned just sitting there listening to that. But most people open up their pie holes and they get in the way of what someone's teaching. Most people, when you're in a room like that, talk too much and don't listen enough. So Brady and him going back, Brady's going to have such an advantage. By the way, think of this for a second. This weekend, let's just go back to KC and Jalen. Just to show you something here, okay? Damon, appreciate it. Also, Brady's played against Belichick's defenses in training camps. Absolutely, man, for 20 years. Think of this for a second. Brady's trying to figure out what Bill's going to throw at him. And don't you think Brady knows kind of the attack along with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich? What do you, how do you think Jalen Hurts is going into this game when he's got to play against an Andy Reid Kansas City Chiefs team? What do you think his thought process is? Gee, I hope we run the ball more. You think Tom Brady's thinking of running the ball more? Tom Brady is a situational quarterback, which means he's a situational quarterback masquerading as a coach on the field who can throw the ball. Brady is a coach that can throw. Like, you could take Brady's helmet off and put a headset on. You think he could call a game? You think Brady could be the offensive coordinator? And If Byron Leftwich throws something in there, you think Brady doesn't have the autonomy to overrule it? Jalen Hurts doesn't have any of that right now. That's a big loss there, Muhammad, because Brady Brady loves that seam pass. And without Gronk there in that, it's going to be a factor. They are getting Antonio Brown back, though. Carl says he, he's a contrarian, and he's going to go Eagles win on Sunday. Okay. Carl, how do they win on Sunday? I'm not goofing on you. I'm not goofing on you. How do they win on Sunday? Just, just give, me, give me something that I can go like this. Yeah, we can build around that. You're in the Eagles locker room right now, and let's just do offensively. O.J. Howard. Hey, by the way, smile. O.J. Howard, very underrated on that Buccaneer roster. Muhammad's right. I think Antonio Brown has 100 and some odd yards in that game. I think he goes out there, and I think he wants 14 catches and 100 yards, and he wants to put it also in Bob Kraft's ass for letting him go and not sticking behind him like Brady was sticking behind him. Now we're learning a little bit that Tom Brady went to bat for Antonio Brown before they blew him out, and they didn't hear him. That could have been the final straw. That could have been the final straw that really sent Brady out of Boston. 
was that whole thing. Okay? Absolutely, man. It could have been the final, could have been the final straw. Hurricane Selfie says, OC Brady shaking his head and saying no to left, which priceless. Absolutely. Hey, who am I going to listen to? If I'm in the huddle, Tom Brady goes, we're not running that play. We're going here. And I'm sure it's done respectfully. But I even think Byron would even say this. Okay, well, who are you going to believe? A guy that spent, uh, okay, 10 conference championships and won them? Or me? Okay, right? But to see what Tom does, that's really a great teammate. Everybody's involved. He doesn't exclude people. That's why teammates love him. That's why coaches like coaching him. You ever hear Bill O'Brien or Charlie Wise or Josh McDaniel or any of the coordinators he had in New England ever saying anything negative about Tom? He was always open to listening. Unfortunately, the organization wasn't open to listening to him. That's <laughs> Sophie wants one. I'm going to pour you one, man. There you go. Hey, by the way, Eagle fans will need a, they'll need a pitcher, a couple pitchers of that stuff by the end of the game on Sunday. That's for damn sure. Okay, let me, let me, you guys want to keep throwing Eagle stuff out? Please do. But Xander was right, man. We got to make sure we hit all the National Football League and go around the horn. I will make a point to you about something here. I saw Jacoby Brissett play last week against the Raiders. I got to tell you, if I was Chris Greer and I was Brian Flores, I think Jacoby Brissett's better than Tua. I I would, uh, you know, I wouldn't be so fast to move off that guy. Worst thing happened to Tua, him getting hurt, and you don't want a career backup going in and looking better than you. I like Jacoby. I thought he was very good and adequate in Indianapolis. By the way, he could have probably helped them out. I don't know. Carson Wentz, last year, Phillip Rivers won 11 ball games with that same football team and were very productive in the postseason. Let's not forget that, right? I mean, Phillip Rivers won 11 ball games. I think Jacoby Brissett's a heck of a player. Is he a star player? No, but he could beat Tyrod Taylor. Hey, is, Joe, is Jacoby Brissett better than Jalen Hurts? Absolutely. I would take him all night long over Jalen. You wish you had him. Remember something here, too. As soon as they take Jalen out, that's another checkmark failure for your GM. That's why it's going to be tough to get him out as quarterback of the Eagles. Because then that's a, that's a second-round pick. We're not talking about a fifth-rounder here. We're talking about a two. This would mean this, that they were wrong on Wentz, which is a one, and they were wrong on Jalen, which is a two. I don't know about you, man, but if you can't evaluate that position as GM, I don't care you can find Devontae Smith. I don't care you can find linebackers. You can have the greatest linebackers and the greatest defensive line 
in the NFL, and it won't matter if your quarterback position is not solidified. Am I right? You've got to have that position. That's why the Dolphins, the Eagles, and everyone else are kicking a can on Deshaun Watson here. Smile says, Colts and Dolphins this week. I'm cheering for a tie. Hey, just do this, Smile. You better pray to God that Wentz plays the whole year, even if it sucks, so he can get to that 75% number and turn that thing into a first-rounder. By the way, if the Colts suck and we get past the midway point, do you know what the Colts are going to do to you guys? What do you think the Colts are going to do to Carson Wentz? Say that football team is with five wins. Say they've got five wins. And they're rolling into the last month of the season. What do you think they're going to do to Wentz? They're going to sit him. And they're going to make sure you don't get your first round. Your first round pick. They're not going to let that guy. That's right, Carl. They're not going to let you get a first rounder. Absolutely not. They're not going to make that pick a one. Here, let's help out the Eagles and keep the kid playing. And we lose money. And he sucks right now. And he's making incentives. How does that benefit the Ursays? So if I were you, I'd be hoping for Carson Wentz to win some games. Because if they he wins some games, they'll keep him in. But as they get to the month of the season, and if the Colts are out of it, they're going to pull him. And they're probably going to pull him at 68% of the plays played. And you're going to get jobbed in that pick. That's right, Muhammad. That, that's what Howie did last year to guys. When guys got pulled, guys were healthy scratches. There were dudes that were probably in line for some money. And they basically stole from the players. It's funny, isn't it? You sign a contract with an organization thinking that the organization is going to do you a solid. And you know what ends up happening? They end up jobbing you because it's always over money. All right. We're going to hit on some of the other games coming up. Obviously, still KC and the Eagles. Kyler Murray, too, by the way. I think this kid's got a great chance this weekend. And he's going to be playing against Matthew Stafford. Can that kid go and win a game against that Rams team who just beat the Bucs? Plus, Buccaneers and Patriots, you keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show, Dan Silio. It's been a great weekend. Good college games. College games. Just pathetic, man. Worst, worst thing I've ever seen in my life is hurricane football right now. Just brutal. Just absolutely brutal. Guys taking pictures on the sidelines. I mean, for what? What? what, what what's your recognition? That you're under 500 as a team? What are you playing for, kid? When you're getting your kit, your can kicked by librarians. It's embarrassing. You think that is a good look for you? You think that's a good look? Really? I'm watching that mess last night. My phone's blowing up. My Twitter's blowing up. Silly, are you watching this? Program directors around the country and everybody's going like this to me right now. They're going, Sills, you see what's going on? Yeah, I see what's going on. I don't recognize the program. Commissioner, um, or I should say the, the president of the university, with some sort of statement, well, we're going to be committed 100% to hurricane football, and we make sure we promise that. Yeah, whatever, guy. You know what that is? Falls on deaf ears with me. 18 years we suck. 18 years. Turnover chain, hater. Turnover chain and selfies. That's what the Canes program is now known for. Turnover chain and selfies. Kids love being Miami Hurricanes. They just don't like to go out and work. I'll give you a little, before I move on here, I guess that's why I'm a little pissed off today. We worked so hard with Jimmy. Man, they were seven-hour days. Let me think. We would get out there at 3.15 every day. Man, we didn't walk off that football field until 6.30. All inside drill, ones versus ones. Competition, running to the ball. Everything was game situation. 
Everything was lean forward. Everything was game tempo, getting your freaking water, getting everything, doing everything. Yes, sir, coach. No way, man. Coach is never screaming at you, never doing any of that stuff. You know what it was about? It was about going out and winning championships. Had a championship mentality, and nobody in that building, nobody in that building did this. They looked up to take selfies. I tell you this, man, if I was on that sideline last night and I saw those guys doing that, I would have slapped that shit right out of their hands. Who are you, guy? You're wearing my uniform. Not those greens, not those other things. You're wearing my uniform. They were honoring uh, one of the 80s teams. We wore those. We won championships in those. There were guys that I know that were 31-0 and 0 wearing those uniforms. 31 and 0. How'd you like that? 31 and 0. Do you know how many times UM went 31 and 0 during that great streak from 83 to 2003? You know how many times they did that? Three times. Three times they went like that. Or Miami lost three games. Ten years we didn't lose a game at home. A full decade. Now we lose to UVA, librarians. Just makes no sense. It really doesn't. All right. I see Seriani wearing T-shirts again, honoring Shady McCoy. Dog. I said this in the last hour. Stop acting like a high school guy now. Okay? Let's not see this every week. I don't want to see this every week. Okay, you're now going to be made into a laughing stock in Philadelphia because you know why? You're not winning. Nobody cares about T-shirts and fancy like um, videos that are inspiring videos from a guy eating hot dogs and drinking skim milk. You, th- hey, by the way, the Kobayashi videos and this other stuff—it looks gimmicky now, and it looks amateur. Dude, I get you're honoring Shady. Last week, he got urinated on. Hater, I was told he wore a Shady McCoy shirt. Some of you are probably going, yeah, Sills, that's not that big a deal. Yeah, but when you're starting to get known for that and not play calling, it, that's not a look I want my head coach to have. But watch this. When I think of Pete Carroll, I think of a defensive-minded coach who likes to run the ball. When I think of Belichick, I like I think of Bill that knows how to evolve as a coach, and I like Bill the way he's the greatest, without a doubt, adjustment coach in NFL history. You know what I think of your coach, Nick Sirianni? The guy should have a T-shirt company, and he doesn't like to run the ball. Okay? I, I, that shouldn't be a stigma part of your coach. For the record, I, 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 this is the one thing that I don't think these young coaches like Sirianni or some of these guys haven't figured out yet, and I think they will. Brandon Staley with the Chargers, I think, also will figure this out eventually as well. But this is a second-half league. And what do I mean by second-half league? Let's take a look, and we'll just use the Eagles as an example here. Eagles dominated the first half, didn't they, against the 49ers? They dominated the first half, right? We all came away going, man, 
that sucks that they gave up that touchdown late in that in that half, and the 49ers grabbed the lead. But then the second half, what happened? Kyle Shanahan adjusted, the defensive coaches adjusted, and they ran the Eagles off the field. This is a second-half league. You're gazed on what kind of coach you are when you have in-game adjustments and you can go into halftime and you can you can change what's going on and stop the momentum of the other team. So far, Sirianni hasn't been able to figure that out because once the Cowboys started running downhill, that train never, never slowed down, did it? Once the 49ers got rolling, it never slowed down, did it? That is the, that is the prime sign of a very young coach. Because the, you, you know what Belichick would have done? He would have done something to try to slow that momentum down of the other team. When Sean McVay went to the Super Bowl a couple of years back with his Rams team, okay, and he went a couple of years ago with his Rams team, and Belichick knew he had to keep that offense off the field, even with Jared Goff. He knew he had to, right? So that's why that game was low scoring. When he knew it was going to be low scoring, checkmate. Bill had you. He had you. Muhammad says, Dan, I'll be at the link Sunday. Looking forward to seeing Shady retire and Andy, but probably also seeing an Eagles loss. Muhammad, you got to make sure you post something to my Twitter page of you being at the link because you're a great Eagles fan. And for the record, dude, that's okay. Going into the link, knowing that your team is facing an uphill battle against Kansas City, and you are. That's secondary right now. And the inability to be able to run the ball, I said it earlier, I think KC wins that game 31-10. to 10. I will be – hey, watch this. If Nick Sirianni wins that football game on Sunday, man, I'll tell you what, I, 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 it'll, it'll, it'll probably be the shocker of the weekend. Because that wouldn't that mean that at Kansas City's lost three in a row? I highly doubt that. However – you play 60 minutes of football, the other team's got to show up too. So let's see what happens, right? Uh, hey, I always do this. I give the team the benefit like this. Hey, Muhammad, Jacksonville was really good last night in the first half, weren't they? See my point? They were really good last night in the first half. What happened in the second half? The coach for the, what's his name, Zach Taylor? The coach for the Bengals, who's got a year under his belt? He knows it's about adjusting in the second half and going through adjustments. What did they do? They beat Urban Meyer. The great Urban Meyer was beat by Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. Think of that. Zach Taylor. Urban Meyer's probably never even heard of the guy. And he's got a resume win against Urban Meyer. How Dan Culley. Or David Cully, excuse me, of the Texans has a win versus Urban Meyer. David Cully and Zach Taylor have wins against Urban Meyer. I've never heard of those dudes. Cully's been a 28-year NFL position coach and more power to him and no disrespect to that. 
but I never heard of the dude. Okay, I never heard of him. Zach Taylor out-adjusted Urban Meyer last night in the second half. Okay? Come on, man. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. All right, the other games this weekend, some of the games that I'm looking at here, I've written down a bunch of them here. Again, like I said, if, if, if the Eagles can't run the ball, how about this? The Eagles need to do this. Even if they lose, even if they lose, the Eagles should run the ball 28 times on Sunday. Even if they lose, you can have a slow death or you can have a fast death. Pick one. The Chiefs are still going to put it through your heart because you don't have the personnel nor the quarterback and maybe not the coach yet to be able to hang with KC and Andy Reid. That may play out completely differently than what I'm saying here on Football Friday. The other game is Tomlin and his Steelers taking on the Packers. This is going to tell us a lot about these two teams. Look, do I think like everyone else does? Damon, I think Urban Meyer's a fraud too, dude. Um, do I do I think Ben Roethlisberger's finished as a quarterback in the NFL? I do. Um, do I think the loyalty of the Steelers maybe got the better of them by bringing Ben back? But you got to remember something, folks. The Steelers would rather bring a guy back and be wrong about that than bring a guy in and be wrong about him. It's a financial commitment. There's no loyalty to that. That's not the Steeler way. So you're always going to get this dynamic. The Steelers are always going to go maybe one year, but no more than that, one year past the player's prime. They're not going to go out and knee-jerk and find a quarterback or do anything like that so that they can suffice the, the fan base. The fan base knows how the Steelers act. And the Steelers are not going to go, well, let's go. Look, they signed Dwayne Haskins because Dwayne Haskins was cut. He was cut. So there was no financial gigantic number that they had to put around Dwayne Haskins. Oh, and for the record, real quick on that. You know, one thing about Ohio State, I was just talking about Urban Meyer. So you mean to tell me, and I've brought this up with you guys a couple times, after watching Joe Burrow play last night, especially in that second half with Cincinnati, you mean to tell me that Ryan Day and Urban Meyer had Joe Burrow in the Ohio State Buckeyes quarterback room and you had the onions to look that kid in the face and say, Haskins and Justin Fields is better than Joe Burrow. You know, I had a guy on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio show go like this. Haskins beat him out. How did he beat him out? What were you looking at because he was a better athlete than Joe? That has always been the problem at Ohio State at that position. Never draft a quarterback out of Ohio State because Ohio State looks at athleticism first, not quarterbacking. All these guys like Cardell Stewart, um, Braxton, uh, Troy Smith, all those guys were athletes. They weren't quarterbacks. I got into like a little bit of a back and forth with Jody 
on our morning show because Jody thinks this kid Justin Fields is going to be a star. I think he's going to be a bum. He's an athlete playing quarterback, okay? I don't need my quarterback to run around. I don't care if my – you know, somebody goes like this to me. I remember when Fields was at the Combines and somebody went, hey, Justin Fields ran a 4-4 or something. I went, so what? What does that have to do with anybody? What does that have to do with anybody that plays the position of quarterback? A 40-yard dash? You think that was part of the equation of evaluating Peyton Manning? Or Troy Aikman? Or any of the really great championship quarterbacks? Absolutely not. Had nothing to do with the evaluation. 40-yard dash. Hey, anytime somebody goes like this, this guy's really a great athlete, and he ran a hell of a 40 time, I hope you're talking about a wide receiver. Because if you come back at me and you talk to me that he's a quarterback, I don't want anything to do with it. Hey, by the way, you think Patrick Mahomes relies on his feet, or do you think he relies on his smarts and his ability to be able to throw the ball? Not everybody's going to be Lamar Jackson. I told you this before. Okay? I told you this before. Lamar Jackson's a unicorn. This guy's a rare breed, man. By the way, I think Mike Tomlin is going to go and have his worst football season as a head coach with the Steelers. I think he loses this game. And I want to underline this. Mike Tomlin's my favorite coach. But I think the Packers have righted the ship since that Saints loss. And Aaron Rodgers, that was a great game and a great victory against the 49ers last week. But um, I think Tomlin and that – I don't know. You know what's crazy? I don't know how they beat the Bills in the opener. I have no idea how they beat the Bills in the opener. Let's see here. Paul says, I think the Packers over the Steelers 30-20. to 20. Hater J.T. Sullivan thinks Fields was the best QB prospect in the draft. How did you th- – who in their right mind would think that? Where, where, where were that, those five games he played yes, last year? Where in the – or how about this? Think of this, Hater. <laughs> think of this, Hater. What, what, the game he struggled last year against Indiana or the Northwestern game? Or the playoff game? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Clemson game? I'm – he showed his toughness. I don't see it. I said it from day one. I thought I saw some stuff maybe in the exhibition season that made me think that he could potentially maybe, you know, work his way into the starting position. But they're not talking about starting Nick Foles this weekend. And if you put that dude back on the field and he's not properly prepared to play in the NFL, and you get that kid killed in Chicago, and you pull him out, and you start going back and forth, the fan base, just like in Philly, is going to start doing this. Hey, man. Hey, you know, I mean, look, 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 this guy ain't the guy. This guy ain't the guy. And you know what the organization is going to have to do immediately? They're going to have to blame Matt Nagy, and Matt Nagy's job will be fired. That's why Nagy's in a is in a tough spot. Do I play the kid and get myself fired? Do I play Andy Dalton and get fired? It's a no-win scenario in Chicago right now. No win. So, yeah. No, I, I, I like that score too, by the way. Wick, I got Lamar Jackson third in my MVP voting right now. I love the kid. 
Paul said, who's the future Steelers quarterback? No QB is really in the pipeline right now. No, I, I agree. I don't. Would, would they make a trade for Garoppolo? He looks like a Steeler kind of guy. I could see him being in that environment in Pittsburgh. I mean, someone like that, Aaron Rodgers, I don't ever see him going to Pittsburgh. I don't think that's his cup of tea, what he wants. Not sure. But the organization is great, and plus the O-line's not that hot. Plus you would have to have a guy who's a little bit more mobile, I think, until you rectify the O-line. Steelers are going to have to – you know what I'd say this to you, Paul? The Steelers' issues right now are at quarterback, but they're also more so in the O-line. Damon says Brady ran a 5-2-9 or something. Right? There were offensive linemen that outran him. 40-yard <laughs> dash. McMullen, John's high on him too? Okay, well. Hey, and, and I said I said this about Devontae, and I, I brought this up yesterday. I don't think Devontae's a bad pick. I think he's a bad pick for the Eagles. Who's throwing him the ball? an undeveloped quarterback with a brand new coach. How did you, when you were making that selection that you would take a wide receiver and not the kid Parsons to try to get more of a, when you're in a division like the NFC East right now, you've got to do everything to stop Dak Prescott. And you know how you stop Dak Prescott pass rush. So you take a wide out with a quarterback again. And by the way, this is no shade on Devontae. This is no shade on him, but they're struggling getting him the ball. Right? Gardner meant you to the Steelers. Hey, Joe, you got no trouble with your with your gigantes. Hey, off subject here. Did anybody see that home run that Fernando Tatis hit at Dodger Stadium? He hit it completely out of the ballpark. I think the last guy to do it was Stargell. Did anybody see that? He's got 42 bombs on the year. He's missed a ton of games. I still think he's the MVP in the National League. I'm sitting there. I'm eating. I'm eating dinner last night, and I watched his kid hit that home run. I'm like, holy shit, man! I, I have, I have not seen a lot of guys power a baseball at a Dodger Stadium like that. By the way, I think your boy's going to be in the top five this year in Philly. I do. I think he's going to be in the top five. I think Bryce Harper's going to be in that conversation. All right. I'm going to take a timeout here. Kyler Murray versus those Rams. Matthew Stafford, a little more on KC and the Eagles. I like it, KC and the Sunshine Band. Well, the Sunshine Band, I think, this weekend is going to be the Chiefs. We'll do that now. I don't know. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight cares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. <laughs> Wait a minute. You know who the only guy is has the right to wear a turnover chain? Me. Me. Big sales. I can wear a turnover chain. See? You don't wear turnover chains when you're five and six. I, I, I get to wear a turnover chain. Okay? The, oh, and it's because of those two championships. I get to wear a turnover chain. Me. Okay, I get to. Someone's leave it right there. Guys, wearing turnover chains when you're getting your fucking ass kicked. <laughs> hey, hit me here. Look at me. Look at me, everyone. Yeah, but the score, you're down in the score. I don't care. Look. See? I'm on TV. <laughs> really? Well, you're at Miami, kid. That's why you went there, isn't it? See, look at this, Joey. I got a turnover chain. Yeah, see? I got Somebody made it for me, actually, and sent this to me. They go, look at this, Sills. It's for you. You know, hey, you, hey, I'll give you guys a real quick one here. So Butch Davis texted me last night, and I probably shouldn't do this. But Butch texts me last night, and Butch goes like this to me. He goes, we didn't make it a turnover chain and them rings on the sidelines and them selfies. I didn't text him back. He goes, what did you and Jerome do to those dudes on the sidelines who were doing that stuff? I went like this, man. I just, 
I can't answer that. And I loved how Xander started my day out. He goes like this to me. He goes, hey, Sills, man. He's like, hey, hey, you know, I'm not trying to get under your skin. I go, well, if you're going to bring Miami up, you're going to. <laughs> He's like, well, what the hell happened to your program? It's like falling off a cliff. Cliff, that's what you call it? Man, you talk about a fall from grace. And, and did you see, too, uh, Manny Diaz last night? So there was a questionable call that Virginia had, and it could have potentially been turned over. And you know what he did? Called the timeout. And Virginia didn't have any more timeouts going into the half. So he called the timeout there so that the other team potentially could have reviewed it. And I was like, why are you calling a timeout there? You want to get in the locker room, dog? I was like this. That's crazy, man. Oh, no, we're going to talk about Ole Miss and Bama. We'll get to that thing here in a minute. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get a little bit to that. But, but I want to get, again, too, KC and the Eagles, you guys have anything to drop in there? We appreciate if you want to bring some of that to the table. Um, and, by the way, I say 31-10. I think Kansas City blows out the Eagles. And, you know, I'll tell you what Xander told me, and he's right. And all fan bases go through this. See, the Eagle fan base is like every hardcore fan base in the country. They had so many expectations that Jalen was going to be the guy because they were told he was going to be the guy. Okay? Damon says 35-17. Wow, he thinks it's an ass beating. Probably so. Damon, you may be more right. But he said Eagle people are doing this now. All right, all right. Let's just wait and see how this thing plays itself out here a little bit. Okay, let's see how this plays out here. And then at the end of the year, everybody's going to start piling on and giving their two cents on what the direction of the Eagles should be. And I think that's fair. No, no, no. Birdman, I, I, I think you guys will start picking it up towards, like, midseason, especially if the team's one and six. Wick says 40 to 10. Wow. Wow. There are some good games, though. This um, Cardinals and Rams game. I think the Cardinals are going to go, and I think they're going to upset the Rams. I'll tell you why. Rams put a lot of equity into that Buccaneer game. You think that Sean McVay just was sitting around, and you think that he was just, like, coaching for that one week, and he put a game plan together. Did you see how he was acting? Did you did, – hey, did you see Sean McYay? I'm not calling him McVay, but he was yaying everybody. Yay, yay, we beat them. Yay. I thought it was like a high school game or something. If you would have gave Sean McVay, if you would have gave Sean McVay like uh, pom-poms, he would have been a great cheerleader. Yay, yeah. I got, dude, you got another game next week. That ain't the Super Bowl, son. Yeah, I beat Brady. Yeah, look at how much that meant to him. No, he ran down the field like he was running a 40-yard dash at a combine. Yeah. 
I beat him. Yeah, look how much it means to coaches and players to beat Brady today. You can hang that like, you know, you can hang that like on a moccasin going like this. Hey, man, I beat the goat. I, I, I just completely beat the goat. Yay! That's why I think this week Kyler Murray rolls into Los Angeles, and I think they beat them. I think this 3-0 team, this Cardinal team, I think they're really for real here. I like it, man. I think the addition of J.J. Watt, hey, there's no question, DeAndre Hopkins. You know what you love about DeAndre Hopkins, a kid they got from the Houston Texans? What has to be one of the worst deals of all time for a wideout going somewhere. Why in the world would you give Deshaun Watson a $180 million deal? Then you turn around and you give away the best third down wideout in the game and you send them to the Cardinals. What was that? Right? I mean, if I'm Watson too, I question that move. So you send that dude to the Cardinals and get rid of my number one wideout. Thank you, Bill O'Brien, or not. I don't know. And I love what Kyler Murray's doing. I was a doubter because of his size. This guy's a little dude, right? But I got to tell you, man, I've been pretty impressed with this guy. Now, undefeated, he's getting better and better every year that he gets into the league. He's getting the ball around the yard to people. He's really doing a great job. I, I really do. I, I, have, I have them upsetting, okay? I have them upsetting the Rams this weekend. And can you imagine this? The Arizona Cardinals, who Steve Kimes said at the beginning of the year that this had to be a playoff team. They may actually win the NFC West. And that would be some story with the Rams and with the Seahawks. And the Seahawks right now, they're kind of treading water a little bit. So I, I, I think they're doing some good things there. They're flying a little bit under the radar. You know, the big shows in Los Angeles right now. Hey, by the way, it just shows you a little difference in zip codes a bit. Have you guys talked as much as you have about Matthew Stafford, as we have been this year, how much prior to this year have you ever brought Matthew Stafford's name up as a guy where you thought was potentially, I don't know, a Hall of Fame quarterback? If you look at his numbers, he's got fabulous numbers. Hey, Wick, you want to hear something about Chandler Jones, though? Outside of that first game where he had five sacks, he hasn't had a sack since. They got to pick that up if they're going to win that game against the Rams. He he hey, he's a fabulous pass rusher. Not diminishing it, and I'm not throwing shade on it. I'm just saying he's got to pick his game up a little bit because the last couple games he's no sacks, and that's after coming off of um, you know that's after coming off a game where he had five sacks. You know, Carl says Eagles have 14 point lead at halftime. Andy. Ha <laughs> That's the only way, maybe. And I know you're not hoping anything bad on Andy. Man, I'm just, I'm just, I, there is no question that, you know, you, you, you look at what is going on here um, with, with the Cardinals. And I really love what they're doing in Arizona. And I think they're going to go in there, like I said, and I think they're going to win a ball game here. Let me, let me throw something else at you here too. Let's get into some of the college games. I haven't hit enough on the college games. Krause's Bama's playing this weekend, and they're playing Arkansas. 
When's the last time I saw Arkansas football and them hogs playing good football? I got, let me think. When's the last time? Was it Lou Holtz? Was the last time Arkansas was good? I can't remember the last time Arkansas was good. When they were in the Southwest Conference? Ever since they've been in the SEC, they've got their asses kicked. That program doesn't rep- resemble either who they once were. My coach, Jimmy Johnson, played there, won a national championship there with Frank Broyles. Arkansas was one of the legendary programs. Wick, I, I, you know what? Maybe you're as old as I am, but my lifetime kid growing up, I don't ever remember Arkansas being bad. And when Lou Holtz was there, they were spectacular. I got to tell you guys, I got to do my, my Lou Holtz impression for you guys. This guy here, man. Lou's one, and Lou is a great builder. But I want to tell you this. Watch this. William and Mary, Minnesota, NC State, Notre Dame, South Carolina. Those are all places that Lou Holtz coached at. Do you know what they all have in common? Every single place that he Arkansas to, every place he left, he left them, and they went on probation. Once he left the building, every program he coached when he left Notre Dame, Arkansas, William and Mary, all of them. How do you think he won that 88 national championship against us? He was bringing in prop 48 kids. Remember the NCAA had at the time prop 48. You know what that was? You can get non-qualified kids into the program. And it was a blanket program that was in college football at the time. And the majority of that staff and the majority of the players on that roster were all recruited by Lou Holtz's guys. And when Prop 48 became something that was a tool for Notre Dame to use, that's how they won the national title and had guys in there like Reggie Brooks and Jerome Bettis. And How do you think they got Jerome Bettis in there? Jerome Bettis was going to go to Pitt. Or Southern Cal, but Notre Dame took him because of Prop 48. Then the administration at Notre Dame started saying this to Lou Holtz: "Can't use Prop 48. You're, we're getting lower academic kids into the program." Lou Holtz constantly went back and forth with Notre Dame admissions because he was trying to get as many people as he possibly could before they closed that portal of the Prop 48 kids. Everyone was like, "This. Well, look at what Lou did." If Lou can do it, Brian Kelly can do it. Brian Kelly doesn't have Prop 48. Prop 48 helped him get kids that Alabama were recruiting. That's how that happened at Notre Dame. And then that portal closed, and Notre Dame recruits fine kids and fine football players. They do. You know, the big notion used to be at Notre Dame. If you want to be an All-American, you go to Notre Dame. But if you want to win national championships, you go somewhere else because you're not going to win a national championship there. They just don't have the athletes on that roster that you need. I mean, you, you just you just you can't recruit the same players LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson, and Alabama recruit. Most of those kids. Did you see what the acceptance rate? By the way, this is no shade. And Xander. Your, your, your college, 
Alabama. I've been there on campus. It's a hell of a campus. It's a wonderful environment. It's a great environment. But why do you think they low, lower the admissions to 87%? They don't accept everybody at Alabama. You know why the admissions is set so low at 87%? So that Nick Saban can get his football players in. The student body is handpicked by the admissions and by the Board of Regents and people like that and by the department heads. They're not going to lower the academics of Alabama, but the admissions is low like that for the football program, which means this. You know that thing I was talking to you about with Miami? That's the school and the president, admissions, and the head coach all working together and putting everything together so that they can build a football program. How much money do you think Alabama has meant to Alabama football? How much do you think, okay, how much, how much do you think Alabama football has meant to the development of the campus at Alabama. I can promise you this. When I was at Miami, we brought millions and millions of dollars into the, into the school. New buildings were going up all around us. New school departments, new business schools. You know, a lawyer's school was brought in. I mean, the Miami Project is on the campus of the University of Miami for paralysis. You know, the, the marine biology program was all funded by football. Same thing what's going on at Alabama right now. You think Nick Saban's making $11 million a year because he wins 12, 13 ballgames a year? Nick Saban is making that money because he has been an asset. If Saban's being paid $11 million as head coach of Alabama, he must be bringing in $150 million a year to the school when it comes to jersey sales. Ticket sales, memorabilia, all the stuff that is Alabama. That's why he's being paid that money. You know, you get 10% of what your revenue is. That's pretty much what and how usually a businessman will do. A businessman will do this to you. He'll go like this. Well, if you're generating $200,000, I'll pay you twenty grand. That's 10%. People usually like to get three times their return when they put an investment into something. Then it's economically viable for them to continue that relationship. I know how this thing works. Broadcasting, too, it goes down like that. So I I think, look, I think this game will be one of those old school kind of games. But, man, Alabama, I don't know, 40 to 21, something like that. By the way, Notre Dame is playing this weekend. Lane Kiffin is also, again, going against Alabama. I want to hit on that game, too. A little bit more on KC and the Eagles. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight cares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. I got my turnover chain on. Dan Silio National Football Show. Bum chain for a bum team. All right. All right, Xander. Yeah, Xander, I remember the days when I used to talk shit also on other programs. It used to be a really good thing. When Big Sills used to tell people that guy's the most overrated player in the history of college football and there's no way they could beat our football team. It must be nice. I, I understand that. I reminisce about those days, too. Now we can't beat librarians. Think about this for a second. So Miami was playing against librarians last night against UVA. Or for some of you out there, in case you don't know what that school is, it's Virginia, University of Virginia. Thomas Jefferson found the program. You want to hear how delusional people in Miami are when it comes to media? Manny Navarro wrote an article saying, well, if Miami wins the runs the table in the ACC, they can win the Coastal. I was like, beat Virginia first. So here's what here, here's what you had last night, quarterback and all these guys. So, like, man, you guys are really playing a good football game. Yeah, what's – yeah, you know, I have to get back to my day job. What's that? I go, yes, I, um, I work in the UVA library, and I'm in the tax code section. My wide receiver, he works over in nonfiction – <laughs> do you guys practice? Oh, no. Probably have two practices a day because I'm a librarian. You know, I, I'm, it's important for me to punch my librarian card to make sure that all the students at UVA here in Charlottesville have librarian cards. 
got beat by librarians last night. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's see. See, I can wear it. I've earned my chain. Maybe that's what they should do. They should give, like, lifetime chains to people that have actually earned them. But see, that's not what my school does nowadays. You know what my school does nowadays? They live off the past of what we did and are afraid about the people who were there. It's the reason I'm not in the University of Miami Sports Hall of Fame. It's because of who I am, because of the things I said, showing up to um, press conferences with Hells Angels jackets and walking out of steak fries, calling people out. It's, it, they 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 tell you they love our our program and the guys who played, and eh, not so much. That's just for you guys out there. God, we love Cilio and everybody like Jerome and them guys. Really, you like the fact that Jerome Brown was arrested three four times for gun possession, or Michael Irvin was up on certain charges. You like all that stuff, really? <laughs> I I don't think so. I, I I don't think so. How did Cilio get to Miami? He threw a guy out of a window. Oh wow! Well, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Oof. yeah. Oh, can we talk about the 2001 team? <laughs> By the way, it was a short window, and it was into a snowbank. Just in case we're keeping score here. See, look, see, chain. Someone made it for me in Miami. Well, I know it's not doing much for you either. It's not doing much for me right now either. It, 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 it's a, like a two and three chain. I even feel guilty wearing it, actually. Unbelievable. So Xander's Bama team is going to take on Lane Kiffin. See Lane Kiffin crying? Well, Nick's got the transfer portal. People transferred in, to Alabama? I don't I, do people transfer to Alabama? People transfer out of Alabama. You know why? Because they, they don't get playing time. Ask Alvin Kamara. They don't get playing time. I'm not gonna play here. Jalen Hurts, ask him. You get your job taken away from you at Alabama. Then you have to leave. Uh, either stay, be a good teammate, or leave. No hard feelings. It's funny, isn't it? You guys have more loyalty to Jalen Hurts than what Nick Saban did. And Nick loves the kid. But Philadelphia Eagle fans actually have more, more loyalty to him than, you, than what Nick did. You think Nick had any loyalty when he yanked him out of the national championship game and he put in Tua Tagovailoa? You think that's loyalty? It's the definition of loyalty when you're loyal to the other 84 guys that are in the locker room that you're trying to win a national championship with and the other coaches and what your overall objective is. It's funny, isn't it? Philadelphia looks at Jalen Hurts and they look at him and say, I want to give him every opportunity. Funny, Nick Saban didn't say that. Why should you be any different than Nick Saban? Nick Saban didn't go like this with Jalen Hurts. Well, you know, let's give him an opportunity because I like him a lot, and he has 
won games. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Jalen was the SEC. I think he was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year, if I'm not mistaken. I think he won that award one year, right? SEC Player of the Year? That still didn't give him loyalty to Nick. Nick went like this. <laughs> this ain't happening here, man. We got to win us some ball games here. And I'm pulling the kid. Came out of the half, two was in there. Boom. I done. Right? There's no loyalty except to the program for Nick. And that's the way it should be. There should be no loyalty to Eagle players. You know, look, Lane Johnson and Kelsey and the players that every NFL fan falls in love with. Dude, you're, you're, you should be in love with the Eagle team or the Steeler team or your Patriots or Bucks. Okay? Because these guys are interchangeable parts, man. It's like going in and getting a 25,000-mile checkup and somebody changing the plugs out and putting new plugs in that engine so that it could be productive and roll every year and roll tide. I think the tide does roll. I think Lane knows a lot. This is going to be funny this week a little bit. So Brady versus Brady versus Belichick, and you got Lane, former offensive coordinator, versus Nick. You guys know one another pretty well. Lane's done a nice job with Ole Miss, but <laughs> that ain't Alabama. Let me say, I don't even know what the point spread is in this game, but I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a score here of this Ole Miss Bama game. 45 21. 27. Maybe. I don't think Ole Miss is gonna put now. I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna put that thing at 20. Because I don't, I don't think you're gonna put 27. Man, that's a lot of points, too, to go against the saving defense. Maybe 17. You think you're going to score 24 points? Let me say this to you. If, if Ole Miss puts 24 points on a Nick Saban defense, those guys in Alabama will run from Monday until Friday or until the next game. If there's 24 points, trust me, he was not happy after that Gator game, even though I think that's a pretty tough place to play. I played in Gainesville. I've actually played at Legion Field, if you can believe that. Bama doesn't play there anymore, but I've actually played at Legion Field. <laughs> yeah, I was in the uh, World League. And when I was in the World League, the NFL's um, NFL Europe, um, they played, I think it was called the Birmingham Fire. And they were they played at Legion Field. Some of the greatest Iron Bowls ever played were at that stadium. So, and by the way, I said it earlier too, Notre Dame, Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati upsets Notre Dame in this game. I love what they're doing at Cincinnati. Who would have thought that potentially this year, the best team in the state of Ohio might not be collegiately Ohio State. It might be the University of Cincinnati and the Bearcats may actually be a better football team. May actually be a better football team than Ohio State this year. Ohio State's got massive issues on defense. and They just don't look like the same team defensively. And this usually happens after you have a signature name. Let's not forget something here at Ohio State, okay? 
Ohio State had what? You know, they had two. They had Trestle. Then they went to Meyer. And then now they're going to Ryan Day. You think you're really going to keep that progression going like you did at Miami when you had Howard Schnellenberger? By the way, that was awesome seeing Beverly last night at the game last night. They honored Howard, and they put him in the ring of honor. Uh, Howard Schnellenberger died a couple months ago, and it was great to see the 83 national championship team. It was the first team, really, that put us on the map after we beat Nebraska 31-30 to win the national championship um, at the Orange Bowl. I thought it was great to see that. but. Um, who would have ever thought, man, that Cincinnati would be the better team? I think Cincinnati ends up beating Notre Dame, and I think they beat them by 10 points. I don't actually think this thing's going to be close here. So real quick here. I said it earlier. I started off the show. Hey, Nick, do me a favor. Stop with the T-shirts, all right, brother? But I do think that Andy Reid rolls in to Can- – I think he rolls his Kansas City Chiefs team into the link. I think they win this football game, and there'll be a lot of questions asked come Monday. We're going to have Gary Cobb with us again from Fox 29 in Philadelphia to break that down. We are also going to catch up with Mark Schlereth that day, too, to give a national perspective on what happens on NFL Sunday and some college football as well. Do me a favor, folks. Make sure you have yourself a great weekend, a great football weekend, and if you miss the show, Do me a favor. Hit the like button. We really appreciate it when you do it. You guys have been great at that. If you missed any of the show, go to the Jacob Media channel and do me a favor, okay? Go there and watch it a little bit later on. Share it with anybody. We totally appreciate it. Hey, and by the way, once you're there at the Jacob Media channel, take a look at that Shady McCoy uh, video that they produced. It's pretty impressive and pretty inspiring. Appreciate it. We'll catch you Monday going 4 to 6. You keep it right here on the Jacob Media Channel and on the National Football Show.